The meeting of the Broward County Commission is about to commence. Will all members of the audience in attendance kindly silence their cell phones? To our audience at home or on mobile devices, thank you for watching. To stay informed about Broward County government, please visit Broward.org or follow us on social media. County Commission meetings are open to the public. Any member of the public who wishes to be heard must turn in a speaker form in advance. No further speaker signups will be accepted after an item has been called. Each registered speaker typically has three minutes to speak. Please keep comments confined to the item being discussed. Please show respect for others and refrain from making impertinent, slanderous remarks or personal attacks. Boisterous behavior including applause, booing, and cheering is not permitted. Thank you for joining us. Our program will commence shortly. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to 
Broad County Board of County Commissioners meeting Tuesday, February 25th. Would you please stand? And can we have uh, Commissioner Udine do lead us in the pledge? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Ladies and gentlemen, it is customary that we observe a moment of silence in honor of notable, notable persons from our community who have recently passed. Colleagues, do you have? Uh, I was told yesterday that uh, Assistant County Administrator Kim Campbell, father passed over the weekend, so would you please hold her and her family in your thoughts and prayers. And, uh, we will let us also honor all the brave men and women who have served and continue to serve in our armed forces, both at home and abroad, and thank them for their service. A moment of silence, please. Thank you very much. And by the way, Mr. Mayor, I am here. Uh, Okay, Vice Mayor. Today's music was selected by Commissioner Sharif, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus. The Get Up by Blanca Brown. We have no proclamations this morning. We have two presentations. Uh, our first presentation is on, let me acknowledge uh, Commissioner Bogan. He has someone in the audience he wants to acknowledge. His physician. Uh, I, I would like to uh, welcome um, uh, somebody who actually had the honor of being named National League Rookie of the Year in 1982. He is a five-time All-Star, won two world championships, uh, had the pleasure of playing some baseball with him. Steve Sachs from the Dodgers. Steve, stand up. And, and, and Al, Al, Al Jackson, his CEO of a company. They're here on business and having meetings, and they just stopped by. And we'll be uh, hopefully seeing you after work at 4 o'clock across the street. Anybody wants to come, and we're going to shoot the uh, breeze with them uh, on stories over at the, uh, what's the name of the restaurant across the street? The, um, the township, right. So. All right, gentlemen. Did, did you help him on his swing? He really does need some help. <laughs> he, he did hit a line drive and hit me in the shoulder. <laughs> we have a few lawyers on the dais. <laughs> so so uh, I don't know if you want to wait here or what Ron was going to escort you to next. Okay. All right, welcome. Welcome to Broward County, and maybe you'll move your corporate headquarters here, too. <laughs> All right. We'll have a presentation on human trafficking awareness. Uh, a poster uh, from Susan Buzzy, and uh, Commissioner Udine will introduce her and read her bio. Susan, come on up, please. Susan uh, Buzzi is a longtime advocate for victims. She's my appointee to the Commission on the Status of Women uh, and current professor of law at St. Thomas University. Susan is at the forefront of human trafficking prevention and awareness in South Florida. She's also an awesome photographer, if anybody has ever seen any of her pictures, are amazing. 
Uh, and today she is here to present a poster to the county bringing awareness to human trafficking victims in Broward County. I'm going to ask her to introduce everyone she has with her, and then I'm going to turn it over to Susan. Thank you, Commissioner. Um, this is our chair of the Status of Women Board, Gail Gron. There's our liaison, Chad Zerko. Melissa Schiff. Schiff. Schiff, she's new. Doreen Albert. So again, good morning. Thank you so much for your uh, attention on this matter. I am, yes, indeed, very passionate about an issue that has become a global crisis. It is a difficult and uncomfortable subject, actually, to discuss. Uh, but unfortunately, since Florida ranks among the top three states with the highest human trafficking activities, we all absolutely need to be responsible and conscientious in our communities. This is a conversation that must take place with our families, our neighbors, and our local leaders. So again, I appreciate your time. So in honor of the tireless efforts that actually go on year-round in this subject, um, and on behalf, of course, the Commission of the Status of Women for Broward County, uh, it is my distinct pleasure to present Broward County Commission with an original poster design as a sign of our commitment and a reminder for vigilance. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. We'll have a master plan presentation for the BB&T Center redevelopment at 12.30 in room 4.30. Let me make that announcement. We have another presentation. 
And this presentation is from Mr. Chris Ranung from Feature Florida Partnerships Compass. Is Chris in? Yes. Uh, do we have it queued up? Good morning, Mayor, Commissioners, staff. Yes, I'm Chris Ronan from the Con Congress of Motion Picture Associations of Florida. I'm pleased to speak with you this morning about motion picture production or the lack of it now in Broward County uh, and in South Florida. I've decided to begin in 1960 when a small beach movie called Where the Boys Are put Fort Lauderdale on the map not only in, in the United States, but worldwide. I was nine. I wasn't much interested in those things in those days. And I can't find any news on, uh, on the subject right now, but I'm certain that where the boys are had a powerful economic impact in Broward County starting in 1960. And I know that continues to this day. Many more projects were filmed wholly or in part in the 1980s, 90s, and 2000s in Broward County. Production was consistent throughout all those years, and then it slowed down appreciably after 2015, and now it's almost ground to a halt. Only two movies of any significance have been filmed recently in Broward County, Beach Bum and Waves. And by the way, Waves is receiving a lot of critical acclaim. I think it's going to be a pretty good movie. However, since the 1930s until recently, all of South Florida had been known worldwide as an ideal location for making movies and, te and television shows. Almost 100 years of steady production and recognizable titles. We had a strong infrastructure. We had the support businesses. We had the crew. We were recognized around the world for our locations and light and lifestyle. And lots of movies and TV shows were made right here. And then what happened? For a while, we had an incentive program at the state level. It was perhaps poorly structured, poorly administered, but it functioned for a few years and brought a lot of production to South Florida. And then it went away. Legislative support for the program collapsed. There were no further appropriations. The program sunset in 2016, and that was that. There are all kinds of reasons for this, but it's history now. And the main point is that there are really no serious movement on the state level to do anything about it now. We've hit a brick wall in Tallahassee. Legislation has been introduced every year for the past four years, and it's gotten no place, especially in the House, which consistently refuses to consider any bill concerning the film industry. And we don't expect this to change anytime soon. That's just the way it is. So. What happens next? Well, there are areas in the state that really want the industry back. And of course, one of those areas is right here in South Florida. And why do we want it back? The jobs. First, the jobs. These are good jobs that pay well. They pay well for the local crew and the cast. They pay well. They provide good jobs for local police and firefighters and many other people. And maybe the bigger picture is the economic impact that comes directly from a production, all the dollars that are spent locally while a project is filming. This can be very significant 
and have a powerful ripple effect throughout a community. I was a craft service provider for 20 years. If you know what that is, I supplied the food and drinks for the crew and the cast of the entire production in between catered meals. I spent 1,200, 1,500, 2,000 or more dollars a day, every day, in communities like right here. And a lot of it went into little mom and pop donut shops, candy stores, groceries, delicatessens, and restaurants. So I know what I'm talking about when I talk about economic impact. But even more than that, there's one more piece to this equation, one more answer to the question, why do we want movie and television production back? And this concerns film and tourism. Now, if you read this carefully, it's really quite something to consider. A place in a film with a storyline will create an emotional connection. It's true. All of us really want to be inside the movie. We want to experience the movie in real life. But film-induced tourism is a tricky thing. It takes just the right combination of a few key points to manifest. In our case, it takes a Florida story. It takes a recognizable Florida location, preferably a Broward County location. Think Bloodline in Isla Mirada. Think Dolphin Tale in Clearwater or Miami Vice or where the boys are. These projects all reached large audiences and became powerful tourism marketing tools in their time. Now nothing can be portrayed more beautifully than in a film or TV series. An emotional connection with a setting. That's one of the most powerful connections possible. And while the film and tourism component is not always present in every movie or TV show, still we aspire to it. We know it can work and we want it working here. So because of all this, many counties and cities are dangling the incentives carrot these days. A couple hundred thousand dollars here and there, a hodgepodge of efforts, nothing coordinated, trying to attract major production or at least a few commercial shoots or reality shows. The big bangs for the bucks are of course the kind of productions I just spoke about, feature films or TV shows with a Florida story and a recognizable Florida location. But it takes money to attract these. Cities and counties can't sustain this kind of investment on their own. You tell me, how many times could Broward County put $500,000 to work on a movie every year? Once, maybe. Three times, that's doubtful. And year after year after year, I don't think that's going to happen. That wouldn't be sustainable. So an incentive of $500,000 might give you a four-to-one return. One time, fine. But then that $500,000 is gone. And if you want to do it again, you've got to find more money. In this industry, incentives are really dollars out the window, particularly on the local level. There's no other way to look at it unless you're putting very, very large sums to work as incentives, hundreds of millions of dollars. If you want to build a permanent infrastructure, that kind of money year after year after year. And the problem is it takes that kind of money to rebuild a production base that is substantial and durable and will grow and generate long-lasting and consistent economic benefits for Broward County. So what do we do? 
Are there other ways to go? Well, I represent Compass, and we began originally as a lobbying effort focused on Tallahassee. Now we have adjusted to a regional focus. We want to work with people like you on a local basis to reverse the loss of motion picture production here in South Florida. We are creating Feature Florida Partnerships, FFP. Our nonprofit filing should be approved by late April, and this is the vehicle by which we will bring together city and county administrators and executives, local business leaders, local workforce, Florida-based producers and writers and talent, the entire community to develop a solid approach to revitalizing our industry. And FFP is creating for-profit regional financing funds to attract independent feature films in the two to $12 million range. And unlike with incentives, these funds are designed for capital preservation, not for throwing hard-found money out the window. So we're making sense out of nonsense. There's no time to talk about all of this in depth here today. My ask of you, therefore, is simply meetings. We want meetings, meetings one-on-one, -on -one, meetings with small groups of you, so we can discuss and take a good look at what Future Florida Partnerships is all about. I hope I've created enough interest that when I call your office for an appointment, I'll get one. That's my ask. That's all I want. Thank you for your time and consideration this morning. And if you have any questions, I'm right here. Uh, Mr. Mayor, put into a queue, please. Yes. Uh, we'll let you go ahead first. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, sir, I, uh, I'm Steve Geller, Vice Mayor. The, I've actually made film one of my uh, top priorities, trying to bring uh, uh, things to Broward. I've worked with the county administration on trying to get the incentives. We've worked with the CVB. I've been in Tallahassee. I'm in Tallahassee right now. We've been actively pushing it. You're correct. There is movement in the Senate. The House has been just completely recalcitrant. I think I'm familiar with your group. Is David um, I think, Caserta? Um, Caserta? Yes. Is Dave Caserta your uh, David and I have already discussed your program at, at length. Uh, I do have some concerns as to, you know, whether it will actually work, but I'll be happy to meet with you again after session. As I said, I, I, I agree with you completely. One of the things that uh, the administration I had been discussing was the possibility of trying to help with some better uh, facility here um, in terms of I know like in Atlanta and a lot of other places, there's a lot better facilities than we have to make uh, the post-production edit uh, than we have here in South Florida. We were talking about the county possibly coming up with incentives on that. Mm -hmm. um, so I agree with you completely on the importance of film. I'm not necessarily convinced that your program is the best to make it work, but I'm happy to meet with you. Session will be over in another three weeks. I'll be happy to meet with you. Uh, through the chair. Okay. Uh, hey, Tim. Uh, thank you, Vice Mayor, Mayor Geller. Uh, yes, I'm looking I, forward to meeting with you as well. I did meet with uh, Chris yesterday uh, along with our uh, 
president of our CVB, Stacy Rader, and I'd met with him previously. Uh, so there is conversation that's ongoing now. Uh, Commissioner uh, Ryan. You have um, some presence uh, in Miami-Dade County with some incentives that the Miami-Dade County Commission has approved. Um, so I'd be interested to see how that has um, benefited that area. Uh, I think that any kind of investment that we make should probably be in a conversation with Miami-Dade because this is kind of a regional approach yes. about showcasing South Florida, not just Miami-Dade County or Broward County. And um, we have our uh, cultural division director, uh, Philip Dunlap, is here. And, and perhaps before you leave, you can speak with him and um, uh, talk about what uh, advantage it will be for Broward County to have a stronger film presence in the area. Thank you very much. Mother, okay. Thank you very much, Chris, thank for your you. presentation. Have a wonderful day. Uh, colleagues, I'll now read the uh, Tuesday morning memo. Uh, consent items are 1 through 49, public hearing 50 to 53, regular 54 to 64. I request the following withdrawal, Scrivener's errors, and inclusion of additional information. Withdrawals, Scrivener's errors, and substitutions. Item number seven, withdrawn for further staff review. Item 24, this item is being withdrawn by the Office of the County Attorney for further review. Item number 28, withdrawn for further staff review. Item number 29, withdrawn for further staff review. Scrivener's errors. Item number eight, exhibit one, page three, lines 18 and 21. Dates should read 1-16-2020. Item number 12, the agreement summary, exhibit one, and the contract value amendments only currently reads, original approved contract value, $4,938,037. Value of this action, $411,377. Amended total contract value $5,349,414. Should read. Original approved contract value $4,115,031. Value of this action $342,814. Amended total contract value $4,457,000. $845. Item number 48, Exhibit 2, page 7 of 7. The second line on their employee shuttle currently reads 14 passengers, should read 27 passengers. Item number 49, in the motion line currently reads of $16,789,984, should read not to exceed $17,161,375. In the summary explanation, the last line of the eight paragraph currently reads, not to exceed amount of $16,789,984 should read, not to exceed amount of $17,161,375. In Exhibit 1, Block 9, B currently reads approve previous adjustments 
$886, an amendment total value $16,789,984, should read, approve previous adjustments, $13,044,277, and amended total contract value $17,161,375. At the Mayor's request without objection, items number 55, 57, 59, 60, and 64 be moved to consent. Additional information, item number 15, signature pages have been received. Item 34, the Amalgamated Transit Union Local 1267 Transit Unit Membership voted on Tuesday, February 18, 2020, and February 19, 2020, respectively, to ratify the fiscal year 2017 to 2020 and fiscal year 2020 to 2023 collective bargaining agreements. Item number 35, the board consideration of this item is based upon the agreement exhibit two as modified by the revised page 32 distributed as additional material. Item number 43, page 15 of exhibit two has been signed by the office of the county attorney and hard copies provided to document control. Item number 44, signature pages have been received. Additional material for regular meeting. Item 1A, B, and C, board appointments. Item number 10, member to the board from Public Works Department. Item number 28, replacement motion statement submitted by the Office of the County Attorney. Item number 35, member to the board from Finance and Administrative Services, Services Department. Item number 56, member, member to the board from Finance and Administrative Services Department. Item number 56, parenthesis two. Member to the board from Finance and Administrative Services Department. Item number 58, parking garage submitted by Commissioner Bogan. Additional material for public hearing. Item number 50, member, member to the board from the Environmental Protection and Growth Management. Okay, with that said, do we have any polls? We'll start with uh, Commissioner Fisher. Mayor, I just want to pull number 48 real quick. 48. Uh, Commissioner Sharif. None. Commissioner Udin. None. Vice Mayor Gella. None, Mr. Mayor. Uh, Commissioner Bogan, not up, no. Commissioner Ryan. No polls. Commissioner Rich. 12 and 15 for recusal. 12, 15. Commissioner Farr. No polls. County Administrator. No. County Attorney. No, Mayor. County Auditor. No, sir. Okay, I'm sure that the County Attorney gathered all of that. So would you uh, read the- uh, Any audience? Any public uh, polls, public? I'm sorry, there's none from the public at this time. Okay. So the, uh, thank you, Mayor. The consent agenda uh, is items uh, one through 49, uh, less a couple of items that were withdrawn, uh, and less items 12, 15, and 48. 
and then you're adding to the consent agenda items 55, 57, 59, 60, and 64. Right. Can I have a motion to approve? Move it. Can I have a second? Second. Okay. All is, those in favor vote by saying aye. Aye. Okay. We go on to our uh, pulled items. Uh, Commissioner Rich, item 12. Can we do yeah. both? Yes, sir. You can do both. So together. we'll do item 12 and 15, Commissioner Rich. Okay, items 12 and 15 um, involve the um, Broward Behavioral Health Coalition. I serve on the, uh, as chair of the Broward Behavioral Health Coalition, which stands to benefit if items 12 and 15 pass, which, by the way, have to do with uh, children with serious emotional uh, disturbances and substance abuse and mental health for the other one. Uh, I do not receive any compensation for serving on this board, and I therefore have no actual statutory voting conflict conflict. However, to avoid the appearance of a conflict, I am abstaining on both uh, items 12 and 15 and ask this be reflected in the minutes. Can I have a motion to approve item 12 and 15? Second. Uh, motion and second. Those in favor vote by saying aye. 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 Those opposed? Okay, passes unanimously. No, no, mine has to be. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Eight with one abstention. Number 48 is our next item. Uh. Mayor? Yes. Do you need to read 48 or? I'm sorry? 40, 48, correct. Do you need to read it or go ahead and ask my questions? All right, let me let me go ahead and. Uh, it's it's okay, Mayor. I mean, it's uh, you can. Motion to approve Fourth Amendment to agreement between Broad County and SP Plus Corporation for parking management services. Move it. And uh, we have. I just want to just want to ask a couple of questions to staff. Um, I know uh, on on January, excuse me, a June fourth, of nineteen, we had the Third Amendment, which extended it eight months, and now this obviously is going to extend up to up to six months, which is about a fourteen month period. I just want to see, you know, where the RFP is and when do you think that we'll see an ultimate uh, award for this item? So if I might, um, I just spoke with um, our purchasing director um, about this and we're about one to two months away. This is here as an extension, as a precaution in case something happens in the final awarding of this bid. So the, it's on the street and it's ready to be awarded very shortly. Okay, so we should see it probably in three months or so? We should see the award. Yes. Before the board goes on break. Yeah, before okay. the board goes on break. Perfect. I'll move it. Thank you. Right. Okay, motion and a second on item 48. Uh, those in favor vote by saying aye. 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 Those opposed, aye. likewise. It passes unanimously. Okay, we're moving fast. Yes, everybody is happy. <laughs> All right, we'll go now to a public hearing. And our first item is item 50, is a motion to approve resolution to levy a land clearance lien against certain described properties in an unincorporated Broward County, resulting from violations of the property maintenance regulations contained in Chapter 39 of the County Code of Ordinances. 
see no one from the, uh, it's open to the public. See no one from the public uh, willing to uh, discuss this item. I move back to move the desk. Move it. Second. Okay, I have a motion and a second. Are those in favor of vote by saying aye? Aye. aye. Those opposed like sign. Okay, it's unanimous. Item number 51 is a motion to consider First Amendment to lease agreement between Broad County and CMEX Construction Materials Florida LLC, pursuant to section 32.5B of the County Administrative Code. Two public hearings are required on this item. As this is the first of the two public hearings, no action will be taken today on this item. The public hearing is now open. See no one from the public. Are there any members of the public who wishes to speak? No. The public hearing is now closed. Any board discussion? Move it. Second. Oh, you got somebody from the public. Okay. Mind down. Please. <coughs> Please state your name and address. Is this okay? Are you speaking on this item uh, regarding the? Um, I just wanted. Hi, I'm Marty Lakin from Oakland Park, and um, well, somebody just passed me this public hearing about animal control. I just. Ma'am. Ma'am, this is not animal care. No, this is cement. But I saw on Channel Six this morning it had been. The, the cleanliness and the training had been deferred till Friday on Channel 6 this News. Is not, the Sun Sentinel said... This, this, this is not what we're discussing this morning. Can I just say two, two minutes real no, quick? Okay. No. Oh. Please, please. Um, Ma'am, this is, this is not the item to, be, to discuss that issue. Even, right even, though, even though it's channels, it's not, ma'am. It's just a resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, pertaining to animal care and adoption okay. division. Okay, ma'am, it's the next item. Hello, ma'am, it's the next item. Just hang it's on for a minute. It's the next item? Wait for, okay. yeah, wait for a moment. Okay, okay we have a, can I have a, do we have no, a You don't need a motion, no, no, no action on this item. Okay, ma'am. all right, so we move to the next item, uh, which is the item that she wishes to speak on. And, and, and Mayor, just for the record, the, the second and final public hearing on item 51 is March, held 10. On Mar March 10. March 10, 2020 is the next hearing, final hearing. Uh, item 52 is a motion to adopt resolution amending chapter 40 of the County Administrative Code pertaining to animal care and adoption division fees and specifically amending sections 40.9 and 40.10 of the Administrative Code and I guess you're Miss Marlene Lackin? Yes. Okay. Uh, so just, you're going to speak about the uh, animal care adoption fees. Um, okay. This uh, best, best Friends group is a large sanctuary okay. in Utah. They are um, propelling the country to no-kill. And they will on their own dime come here and teach people um, projects that can move the shelter to no-kill. And they also give grants to places who adopt these programs. Um, so, so it's a gift, it's a gift that we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't uh, 
um, ignore. And uh, and I also thought we should have cameras in animal control, right? Because everywhere we go, there's cameras, and people behave differently if they're on camera. Um, and I think, you know, money shouldn't be an issue. We, our tax money goes to a lot of things. And um, if I could just... Thank you for letting me say that, and if I could pass out these... Um... Okay, ma'am, you, you only have about a minute and a half left. You can give those out afterwards. No, ma'am, we'll pass, just give it all to, all to, all, just give it to, all to that one person. I think by reaching out with people like that, an outreach that they're just totally in it for the animals. They will come here on their own money and help. They're very well known, Best Friends Animal Sanctuary. And uh, <coughs> I'll leave this to January, the January, February 20 edition. Leave it over there. The animals in our pound, they've only, they've been pets. They're not, you know, they need a chance to settle in. I think there should be a seven-day mandatory holding period for them. And 90 cats a month is just, it's, it's too much. It's, I don't know if they're doing um, trap, neuter, release. Or, but some programs have to be implemented. And we could lead the country. Broward County could be known for how much it cares for its animals. We could be like Austin, okay. Texas, and L.A. Thank you, ma'am. You know, your, your time is uh, expired. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Mr. Russell Thanks Rand. Thanks for taking animals seriously. Mr. Rand. Mr. Rand. Okay, would uh, you would like to comment now? Okay, so if you would hold a moment, Mr. Rand, uh, Commissioner Rand, uh, Nan Rich would like to speak. Okay, I just want to make one comment for everyone here. Maybe someone may not recall, but when our new director came in, the very first thing that she did was to bring in Best Friends. Best Friends is the number one organization, by all accounts, in the nation, and they worked with us uh, looking at challenges, things we were doing right, things we were doing wrong, and we're implementing many of those things. But And they did give us a grant. They actually matched some money that I gave for spay-neuter. They matched it. So uh, we are on board with Best Friends. I just want to make everyone aware of that so you know that we are there. They are there for us and working with us. Thank you. Thank you very much, Commissioner Rich. Uh, Mr. Rand. Good morning. Happy Fat Tuesday, Black History Month, et cetera. Um, 
When I first moved to town June 16, 1974, I inherited a spider monkey that was a lovable creature, but if it got loose, you couldn't catch it. So we learned to keep the door open, rattle the potato chip bag, and all. <laughs> then I inherited an African gray parrot for 24 years. It was a pig with wings. And the monkey died, I think, in the frost of 76, freeze. They couldn't give him a blanket. So I've had all kinds of cats and dogs, and uh, I'm going to get a pet gorilla, and nobody's going to mess with me. Um, I don't like to hear that animals are bleeding or the urine or feces. You've got to walk dogs, even if they're injured. The thing, I was recently injured severely, so your body protects your heart and your soul, and it protects your brain. So I had whiplash, fell on my back, black belt, right shoulder, hurt my arm right elbow and all this stuff, terrible. But anyway, uh, your body protects your heart and your brain. And if you can sustain that, they can repair broken legs and that's, that's nothing, you know. But get the qualified people, pay them what they need to do, and not a director of the zoo because she's used to caging animals and tigers, things like that. Tiger is the only cat that'll hunt you down for sport. That's why in Thailand you ride the elephants because nobody messes with elephants. They'll twist your brain off. Thank you. Okay, uh, can we have a motion, a motion to approve? Uh, Second. Uh, all in okay, all in favor, vote by saying aye. 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 Uh, those opposed? Okay, it's unanimous. Uh, our, fi our final public hearing item is item 53. Uh, is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to and amending the plat name for the Davy Chamber of Commerce Collard Subdivision Plat. And uh, I know we are working on others also, uh, County Attorney. We, uh, Mayor, I think we've located three more and uh, we've sent those over to you, but I believe that's all we're able to locate on a wholesale basis. We're still trying. Okay. Motion to approve. Uh, Second. Did, did you want to discuss it, uh, Commissioner Furr? No, I'm good. Oh, okay. So we have a motion to approve and a second. Those in favor vote by saying aye. Aye. Those opposed? Okay, it is unanimous. Okay, we move on to uh, our regular agenda. Oh wait, before that, Mr. Rand has a public uh, a delegation request. Mr. Rand has a, a delegation request, uh, so we'll honor that. I can talk for an awful long time about motion pictures, uh, prize winning myself, met Kirk Douglas first time, all kinds of people that I want to get to town for the film fest, uh, Maggie and Jake Gyllenhaal or uh, Stephen Gyllenhaal. I just watched one of his films, uh, Losing Isaiah was excellent last night. Um, um, you know, everywhere I go, I'm either finding people that love me or hate me or spit at me and throw rocks at me. I mean, I had amazing stuff. But there's good people everywhere, so I'm handing out $100 bills to the homeless schizophrenic. I said, get some food. We'll get you some teeth. The other guy is huddled in the corner. I gave him $20. He thought I was God, like, give him the $20. Another guy I gave $20 for. I'm trying to get him some work, see? So you're paying it forward all the time. Uh, I went through $3,300 in a couple days, so everybody's pretty happy. We've got to make some changes in this county. We've got to get into the future. I'm tired of jumping out of the way of the buses. They almost killed me. My union guy, you know, he got blown away. Um, just simple things like speed humps or, you know, speed bumps or stop signs. Pedestrian has the right of way everywhere in the state of Florida. That's state law. People will run you over. 
They won't stop for anything. I'm hobbling out there, you know, I have my hammer, you know, I'm gonna smash somebody's windshield. Something's gonna give. Everywhere I look in the county, I couldn't even get to your retreat, you changed all the roads there. It took me five hours, I'm going to Rick Case three times to get a, just draw a simple map. You had already left, you had already left. So I'm gonna have uh, just an idea factory and I'm gonna start presenting ideas to you. I'm gonna submit the paperwork to you. You're gonna figure out what I'm talking about, right, Michael? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And we're gonna do some changes. So I don't mean to take any of your time. I know you're busy doing whatever and all. But um, I'll talk as much as I can in the one minute and 23 seconds <laughs> I have left. Speed of light is 186,282 miles per second. Pi is 3.14159265. Three five eight nine seven and three two six four three three. I can speak Latin and, and Spanish. I've studied everything: everything, physics, chemistry, mineralogy, everything, art, science, design. We're going to redesign this county, aren't we going to? It's going to be like a Disney World, Disneyland. It's going to be a go-to destination. And as I was telling Kevin Costner, the river is the important thing, where the transportation originally. And we're going to work on other parts of the river. When we get to talk, I want to take you on a magical mystery tour. Only certain selected people will go, and uh, Jennifer, of course, because we need a partnership and all. And it's all about saving the environment and protecting it, and improving water quality. And put, I once meant, said the word Disneyfication here, and Louise, Lois Wexler said, what the hell is he talking about? But it's this idea, he was the greatest, most famous, most profitable artist of all time, worth trillions of dollars today. So uh, we're going to emulate that as a, as a blueprint and all. We're going to change things. I'll do a master plan, 50 pages, circles and arrows and photos and all. <clears throat> and then we can push this forward because you need business industry. I know at least five billionaires and all. So we're going to do this. Keep nodding your head forward. This is going to happen. Thank you, Mr. Ryan. You're welcome. <laughs> Item 56 is a three-part motion. Item A is a motion to award fixed contract to low responsive, responsible bidder, Earthtech Enterprise Inc. For segment two, nearshore hard bottom mitigation bid number PNC2117911 C1 for the Environmental Planning and Community Resilience Division in the amount of $12,998,228. To be substantially completed within 455 calendar days from the project initiation date specified in the second notice to proceed and requiring final completion within 60 calendar days after the date of substantial completion. Or Part B is a motion to find Ertec Enterprise Inc. and Pacman Paccom Inc. non-responsible vendors for segment two nearshore hard bottom mitigation, bid number PNC2117911 C1, pursuant to section 21.41C of the Broward County Administrative Code, an award fixed contract to resolved equipment, Inc. For segment two nearshore hard bottom mitigation bid number PNC2117911 C1, for the environmental Planning and Community Resilience Division in the amount of $14,950,985 to be substantially completed within 455 calendar days from the project initiation date specified in the second notice to proceed and requiring 
final completion within 60 calendar days after the date of substantial completion. Part C is a motion to reject all bids for segment two near shore <coughs> hard bottom uh, mitigation bid number PNC 2117911C1 and resolicit the bid. We have. Mr. Mayor, please add speakers. me to the queue. Okay, thank you. We have uh, speakers on this item. We'll start with Mr. Ken Kichel. Mayor, Mr. Vice Kichel. Mayor, Commissioners, uh, I'm Ken Kichel, Ken Kichel Law, 612 Northeast 26th Street, Wilton Manors, Florida. Jody Siegel and I represent uh, EarthTech Enterprises, Inc. And we're here today to strongly encourage you to adopt Motion A and award the Segment 2 Nearshore Hard Bottom Mitigation Contract to our client. As your staff has noted in the backup, EarthTech Enterprises is the lowest responsible uh, responsive bidder. EarthTech Enterprises' bid was $1,952,757 lower than the next bidder, Resolve. Now, I'm not stupid. I've, I've sat in your chairs. Resolve, with its attorneys and its lobbyists, have made arguments to staff and probably to you all when the cone of silence was lifted that our client isn't qualified. First of all, when they're telling you this, staff telling you this in writing, they're not even talking about my client's company. And my client is here if you want to ask any questions. More, more importantly, as staff has noted, we had three references the city of Venice, city of Naples, and Collier County. And each of those entities rated our client excellent. Not, not even satisfactory, excellent, every single one of them. Now, Resolve Equipment is telling you um, that Earth, um, excuse me, Earth Tech Enterprises isn't responsible. However, purchasing consulted with the county attorney's office uh, regarding our third reference, and the county attorney, quote, opined that there's no legal prohibition in considering responsibility-related events that occur after substantial uh, submittal but before evaluation and award. And thus, the Department of Environmental Protection submitted its concurrence for the award to our client. Lastly, staff's asking you to waive one technical irregularity as to my client in Motion A, uh, or if you're going to go to motion B to waive two technical um, uh, irregularities. Well, if you waive the technical irregularities, clearly our client is the lowest responsive, responsible bidder. As a former county commissioner, you know, I've been in your shoes. You need to make sure that the vendor is qualified and to save as much money as possible. And we suggest to you that you, can, you will do that if you vote for A. But if you're not sure, if you've got doubt, we would ask you to go to C, because my client want, would bid on the project again. Thank you very much. Okay, one moment, Mr. Kichel. Uh, Commissioner Bogan, have a question. Oh, sure. Mr. Kichel, um, good morning. Good morning. Uh, assuming your client is excellent and, and they're the lowest bidder, my understanding, though, is at the time of the application, it was required certain experience 
and your client did not have that experience at that time of the application submittal. Is that true? Partly. The, the, so, they were in process of finishing the third project, right, so, and, and the county attorney opined legally that so long as the, the work is done, the relevant experience is done, uh, prior to submittal, uh, after submittal but before evaluation and award, it should be considered. So the county attorney has said that that is not a reason to not give the, the, the bid to my client. County attorney, you were referenced? Yeah, yes, and uh, welcome. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, our, our exact position is this. We have not found any law that would prohibit uh, the, the entity, whether it's uh, purchasing or an EC or this board, uh, from considering in terms of responsibility, not responsiveness, but from considering certain events that have occurred after submittal of the bid. And the, the, it happens, and you see examples of it in the negative, where somebody submits a bid, uh, they seem to have a very good track record, but after the bid is submitted, bad things happen. And you look at the company and say, what's happened here? I don't know that you're responsible. Uh, and, and those things are considered all the time. Okay, we have not found law to the contrary. Yeah, that's my, my, my issue is there are certain requirements, A, B, and C are required to bid on something. And my, my understanding is that if A, B, and C were required at the time of the submittal, C wasn't completed by your company, and that is correct. I will agree with that. Okay, that's all I wanted. Thank oh, you. Sure, sure, Commissioner, right. of course. Uh, Mr. Jewel Farrell. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mayor Holmes, Commissioner, thank you very much for your time. Um, I'm a Florida resident in Broward County, 40 years. Well, I'm a latitude after Vietnam. It's a nice place. You can't drag me away. 36 years ago, I formed a company called Resolve Marine, one of the top in the world. Very sophisticated projects we work. We do a lot of training as well. We train the cruise ships. We train, we have a fire school. We train 48,000, including Broward Fire Department. As far as the environment, I've kept tens of millions of gallons and pollutants out of the oceans of the world. As far as uh, environment, uh, we, this is our th second year on this project. We were the responsive low bidder on this one. We're lower than the bidder that was going to get the job last year. As far as the environment, the artificial reefs, we created more artificial reefs in England on the planet. And this is in terms of the ships were sunk, including putting concrete uh, offshore, including we sunk the largest artificial reef on with the sank a 26,000 ton aircraft carrier. We have more experience and more time. The frustrating part, if I get wound up here, I apologize, is to have a bid where you, you go in an open bid, and, and now if it goes to rebid, everyone knows our, our procedures, our policy, our, and, our, and our money. That's not the way we do it anywhere on the planet. So I just ask you that you follow your own, your own directions here. We gave a bid a lump sum, certain price, and that was it. Any questions? Because that's really... I'm all in it. You get more than what you pay for. As a matter of fact, in the Bahamas right now, I'm providing 32,000 gallons of water a day at my own expense. I'm the guy that provided six forklifts over there. I'm a member of Broward Workshop. I give more back than I ever, than I ever take or keep. That's what we're all about. Thank you, but I appreciate you do the right thing because you'll get a lot more. You can trust me on this. And uh, we own the properties in 17th Street, the big resolve buildings, the white anchors. That's all us. I'm down here with 500 bucks in my pocket. And, Worked hard. All these jobs are important to us. Thank you again. We have next uh, Mr. Matthews, Nick Matthews. 
Good morning, Mayor, uh, members of the commission. Nick Matthews with the Becker Firm on behalf of Resolve. Um, I think when we are considering and kind of talking about this really important policy consideration, it's helpful to under, kind of understand where we've come from. Back in April of 2017, this project was bid. Then it was protested, pulled in sometime around October of 17. Fast forward almost a year, rebid again in November of 2018. 20, uh, January 28th of 2019, those bids were opened. Staff went through the price, went through your experience and all that. And on March 18th, there is a concurrence memo from Dr. Harado saying that at the time of submission, plain and simple, the due date of a hard bid, that EarthTech did not meet the proper qualification standards at that time. That was signed off and they moved on. Um, that is not a technical irregularity or a small irregularity that is flat out uh, a requirement of, of the hard bid. Um, if you fast forward um, to July 29th, 2019, the trains are running on time. On the website, on your website is a notice of uh, recommendation for award for Resolve Marine. Everything is working, everything is going fine. There's a concurrence memo in, uh, on the behalf of Resolve documenting that they meet the necessary requirements and at that time they are the lowest responsive and responsible bidder. Up until that point, everything is working, your process is working, your really bright staff is doing their job, doing their due diligence, very thorough work is being done there. Then the procurement wheels fall off a little bit and there is a reconsideration of that bid. You should know at that time, internally high-level staff even questioned in emails, what is the basis for reconsidering this at the time? That concern from a high-level staff person was brushed aside and somehow we continue to move on. Um, this is if we had just followed a standard competitive procurement process at that time, we would not be here now. Everything else is attraction, everything else is noise, everything else is a mess. The mess was not created by Resolve Marine for submitting their documents on time and having the proper experience. The mess is around it everywhere else. Please roll with uh, motion B and honor what was at one point in time a, a proper competitive process that was working. This is a policy issue. The county attorneys provided you obviously with legally defensible positions, but at this point it's a policy issue. Is the county going to allow the rules to change throughout a procurement process? Is the deadline a deadline? Does that matter? I would really honestly ask that this commission says yes, our process matters and we're, and we're gonna show it today by going with motion B, thank you. Mr. Bernie Friedman. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you, Commissioner Fisher and uh, the Mayor and Commission for bringing this item forward. Also, want to thank uh, our Purchasing Director Brenda Billingsley for rescinding the rejection of all bids. Our County Attorney and uh, the staff of the County Attorney Neil and Fernando, who have spent literally hundreds of hours sort of getting us to this point. The issue is crystal clear, and it is a public policy issue that you all need to make on a hard bid can or should a firm use newly gained experience gained during the pendency of the bid process after the hard bid submittal? Can they use that experience to basically meet responsibility? 
I would strongly urge you to reject that notion because it's bad public policy. Imagine the slippery slope that we're going to be in now for gaming the system and for the sanctity of the procurement process. When you submit a hard bid, and it's called a hard bid for a reason, a hard bid is a hard bid is a hard bid, you basically put all of your information in. Now, vendors who know that they'll be completing a project maybe six months from now or know that they'll be completing a project four months from now will delay the bidding process by sending lots of letters. They'll hire lawyers like uh, Mark Stempler behind me and we'll send lots of letters and we'll delay the process knowing that we're going to have some really great experience. We didn't meet the bid at first, but due to precedent, due to the fact that Broward County has allowed EarthTech to use experience gained during the pendency of the process, that basically now there's a whole new gestalt and a whole new process in Broward County, and I would urge you, based on public policy, to reject that. You know, this has been going on since November 21st of 2018, to reject all bids and start over again. I mean, my God, you've done this now twice. You've been doing this for three years. The reefs are critically important to the economy of Broward County. Resolve won this fair and square. Thank you, Jennifer Gerardo and her team for the concurrence memo. It was posted on the website saying that we won. They're highly experienced. They're a worldwide firm. The jobs are staying locally, local jobs, locally headquartered company with skin in the game. These are the reefs that we're talking about. So I don't think we ever want to do anything that would threaten the reefs. The price is the price. They've carefully and meticulously bid it, and that's the price that they came up with. They are using highly specialized, highly skilled, trained people in this local community. You have a great firm. Any issues we've worked on with Drew and his team with corporate guarantees, there's absolutely no reason on earth not to vote for Motion B and to get this going. It's been literally three years. The reefs are out there, and we need to move forward. Thank you very much, and I really want to thank everyone. I apologize for having to bring this forward, and I want to thank Monica and uh, your county administrator, too, uh, for all their help uh, in getting this at least to thank a you, point sir. where the public policy issue can be thank decided. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, finally, Mr. Russell Rand. 56, is that? No, you're not on this one? Next time, I'll do it. I'll do it. You don't need to. I mean, I'll you, fill out another one. <laughs> uh, for my teeth? I know. Please. Clock is running. Um, I know Ken, and I know everybody. Hold on. I'm environmental planning, so uh, I, can't, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count the number of times the former lawyers and lobbyists were in there milking the cow. <laughs> they get all the facts and figures in advance. We, we, they just download information from us. I mean, I can talk for a long time on artificial reefs, coral, staghorn, elkhorn, turtles, everything. I know everything. So it's just a question of surfing the waves to get you that, where you want to go. I know Ken, too, and the whole gang, you know. The, uh, it's a tough thing. You'll have to flip a coin on this, on, on, you know, which is more loco and which is more reef protective than who sunk how many battleships in the Coral Sea or whatever. That's another story. Guadalcanal. Check it out. It's history. But um, sooner or later we're going to move forward. And I have this thing of a hard deadline. Somebody forgot the hard deadline or whatever, you know. When you're juggling, you don't always... 
keep the balls and the chainsaws in the air. Sooner or later, you're going to drop something. So you got a tough decision amongst you of what you're going to go through. I understand they've put months and years and whatever into the project. People get forward on a good faith effort to get you here to where you want to be or whatever. And, you know, I know what you're thinking that it's, you know, the deadline's passed and you didn't get your stuff in order and, and now it's, you know, next time get your stuff in order. But people try very hard to get uh, local projects, local people involved, and it's this whole food chain, you know, keep the, keep the people's. I know a guy homeless, I gave him $20. He does construction, so I'm just trying to get him a job so he doesn't eat garbage and lives on the streets, you know. They're really capable people out there. And we got to learn who's really capable of what they do and give them jobs. And, and this will be a wonderful place to be. Dr. Caddy says this place has no soul. And I've come to that conclusion. It's a missing soul. But soul brother, we're going to get some soul in here, you know. We're going to have some more jazz and blues. We're going to do it. We're going to, we know everything. Thank you for listening to me. Well, let's, let's uh, get back here to the SF. Uh, Vice Mayor Geller, you're on cue. Vice Mayor Geller. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, Mayor, I'd like to make a, a motion um, and uh, to uh, to go with option B, and then I'd like to explain why I want to do that. So again, I'm moving to adopt option B, or actually, let me explain my reasoning first, and then I'll uh, suggest option B. Um, I have the greatest respect for Mr. Keechel, who is a former county commissioner. Um, I just disagree with him on the fundamental point, which was raised by Commissioner Bogan. Uh, I, when I heard what was happening here, I felt very strongly that we simply could not uh, wait for somebody to meet the experience by delaying the bid process or during the delay of the bid process. I met with the county administrator on that issue with the county attorney. I feel extremely strongly on that issue. So there is, because of that single issue, there is simply no way that I could go with option A because the precedent that that would establish would be horrible for Broward County, would lead to continued delay. So that leaves only option B or option C. It seems to me that we've had issues before, at least there's an appearance of that, where we continue to delay bid until we end up with something that purchasing wants. Uh, I recall a young lady who came in and testified to the uh, commission that uh, I believe she said, I believe you met with her, Mr. Mayor, that on three separate occasions, She'd been the low bidder and each time it was thrown out. Uh, I think that eventually we just need to be particularly on bids, which are not the RFP, RLI, any of the other RF or issues, that we just need to end up reaching a conclusion. Since I can't go with option A for the reasons that I've stated, 
And since I don't think we should reject all bids and start over again where everybody knows the numbers at this point in time, Mr. Mayor, I move option B. Okay, second. Um, Mr. Hope, uh, Commissioner Mayor, uh, Fisher. Mayor, Mayor for, the, for the record, uh, and, I, and I can appreciate- Is you you're in queue? I can appreciate the, uh, the Vice Mayor. Vice Mayor, um, I've worked very closely with the County Attorney's Office, and I would like to obviously proffer the motion a 4B, but, oh, okay. it ha but it has to be stated in such that I think that uh, it would benefit all of us. Okay. Mr. Mayor, I, I would like to withdraw my motion, uh, but again, I, I will be at the appropriate time a uh, proponent of option B, and I will yield in the motion to, um, to the uh, Commissioner Fisher. Okay, thank and, you, Mr. Mayor. And, yes. and thank you, Mayor. And, and I'm not going to be repetitive because I think a lot was said on both sides. First of all, I have the utmost respect for former County Commissioner Ken Keach, Lemus Siegel. Um, you know, and this obviously was not a clean bid, but what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And you can't punish the responders for such mistakes and, and have an award and not have an award. And then all of a sudden, uh, you award one company and after that, uh, another company because they have now completed a job before there was non-concurrence in the first place. So, and it was stated this is a hard bid and, you know, we, we cannot set precedents here by any means, shape or form, and we can't do business this way. We have to do business properly. And uh, so I'd like to uh, proffer uh, two motions. Um, number one, the first motion is, and I think it's, it's imperative that we do take it in two parts, uh, county attorney. And the first motion is to Move that we find Eurotech to be non-responsible to the solicitation pursuant to sections 21.41.A and C of the County Administrative Code for two reasons. The first, one is being submitted references that was from a project completed in 2008, which at that time was about 10 years old. And while all references were required to be within the prior three years. Second, and more importantly, I think is a bad policy to allow an entity to address one of the main criteria for responsibility through actions that occur after the bid is opened and is undisputed that is going to be on there. I don't think Urtec did anything intentionally and properly here at all, but allowing this practice would create a risk for vendors to gain things by seeking to delay contract awards until they have all of their ducks in a row. That would impact our ability to get projects timely awarded and completed. So my first motion is a motion to find EarthTech to be non-responsible to this solicitation. Second. Okay. Uh, we have a motion and second on, uh, on on that item. Uh, those in favor? Uh, wait, wait. Let me speak on this. Could I? Do you want to speak on this? Also? Can I speak on the motion? Okay. We, we, so, so okay. But before you do, just for a point of clarification. Okay. Um, since his motion is not on the agenda, would he make an amended motion? Yes. You're going to amend one of these motions. So he's he's, amending, exactly he's, he's amending motion A. It, it's, it's an amendment to, uh, to option B, okay. which is broken up just because of the length of it into two parts. Okay. That's fine. All right. That's what it means. Because I have to so come to second motion part, which will take into B. broken into two parts. Uh, Commissioner Udine is in queue first, then Commissioner Ryan, then... Commissioner Sharif. This is more to administration and the county attorney. I just want to make sure that anything we do under this section, we're still um, in queue to receive the federal funding back 
to get these dollars back, at least 75% back from the federal government. And nothing that we have in this, in, in A, B, or C, would violate any of those restrictions in any way. Because most of this is getting paid back to the yeah. county from the federal government. Yes, yeah, 75% of the money is coming back, it's coming back to the county, federal and state um, governments making contributions. Um, to my knowledge, there aren't any. As long as the board is following its procurement code, we believe it should be fine. And, yeah, Commissioner, I was okay. going to just say the same thing. There are no guarantees in life, obviously, but we think that this process is reasonable and, and competitive. Uh, we frankly think all of the options are, are reasonable and competitive, uh, so we don't have any uh, significant concerns on that front. Commissioner Ryan. I mean, I don't mind going right to the um, the vote on whether to select A or B, but I, you know, you talk about precedent. To me, it doesn't seem like it's good precedent to call out the issue of whether or not um, there is responsibility <coughs> when the backup material speaks about technical violations on both sides. And the county attorney earlier stated that if information becomes available to staff between the point when the bids are submitted and when the award is made, that information is oftentimes considered if it is negative with regard to the ability of, of a bidder to complete the work competently and efficiently and at the best price. So I don't like the idea of, when you talk about precedent, us voting on one of these uh, bidders being uh, responsible and the other one with three violations you know, one's responsible and the other one's not. So, for me, I would just go with the uh, with the uh, the full vote on it. I wouldn't I wouldn't vote on this first one. And I'm going to refer to the county attorney because it's, this is specifically what, uh, what he addressed. Yes, and, and it's fine. I mean, it was broken down into two pieces just to make them a little more bite sized. But that could be the first part of one global motion if you'd like to do it in one piece. All right, then I'll continue on and make that part of the global motion. I'm going to read the uh, second motion within the global motion if I can. Okay, but first, Commissioner Scherz, you want to speak before that, or? So the only thing that I wanted to say was that, you know, when we were looking at the backup information and about um, the technical or irregularities, um, there was a couple of things that was pointed out by our purchasing director in regards to the experience that was utilized on this project, um, and that it was a fraction of the cost of what our project was going to be and that um, this other company, Ertec, is not normally engaged in performing that. Um, I just, I, I, I want to make sure that if we're going to um, vote on item B, that we've actually been fair to both bidders. And part of me right now is feeling like we should just um, throw them out, let them all go back again and go and, and rank it the, without all this irregularities and technical issues and um, see where we fall because I think that with what the purchasing director has put in the backup information, I feel like um, I, I don't have a, a clear uh, picture of choosing one over the other and uh, I, I don't feel like that's the place where I'm at right now. Um, so I, while I understand um, Commissioner Fisher's motion, and I think that if I was looking at this on face value today and just saying, okay, we have no other options, maybe I would do that. But because we have options, 
I'm just not in a place to support that. I think maybe C would be the better motion, but um, I wanted to know, is that gonna throw us off in, in terms of time at all? We don't believe so. And will that affect our ability to get reimbursed, choosing then this manner? Uh, again, um, after the conversations that, that we've had with the attorney's office, either of these motions should allow us to be reimbursed from the federal and state governments. But just, just to be clear, I mean, we, we're looking at the substance of the motions. We haven't had conversations with any of the, uh, the federal or state entities in terms of timing uh, as to whether the, you know, a short delay, if the board were to go the option C route, would uh, prejudice uh, reimbursement. We don't have any information to suggest that it would, but we haven't had those conversations. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Morgan, Morgan, you still want to speak on yeah, this? Just real quickly. So if you go along with what happened with purchasing, I have a business in Broward County, and now I know that I won't meet all the requirements, but maybe because I want to get a certain contract, I'm going to start doing something that'll get me that experience. Even though I don't meet it now, they'll consider it later. I think that's horrible. I think that's just bad policy. I'm all for B. The, the company won fair and square. They have the experience. The other company didn't. They admitted here as well, confirming they didn't at the time of the hard bid. And I don't see what the real discussion should be, but I hope everybody here supports B. Commissioner Fisher, would you continue? Yeah, I'm continue. Uh, again, per the county's attorney's recommendation that uh, this motion has four parts to it. Uh, part one is to award the bid to resolve on the same financial terms and project deadlines stated in motion B of the agenda item consistent with the remainder of this motion. Part two is to waive any and all technical deficiencies and irregularities in resolves bid pursuant to section 21.30.f.l.c of the administrative code and waive sections 21.30.f.2b and d of the administrative code prohibiting a bidder from correcting non-judgmental errors and bid mistakes including without limitation issues related to resolve submittal references for projects completed by other affiliated legal entities and resolve not possessing a general contractor's license Part three is the award would be contingent upon receipt and approval of resolves evidence of insurance performance and payment guarantees acceptable to the director of purchasing and receipt of a guarantee from applicable affiliate and parent entities in a form approved by the office of the county attorney. And finally, part four and the fourth and final part of this motion is to award will be contingent upon resolution of all protests and subsequent appeals with the item being brought back to the board only in the event of successful appeal. And that is, again, wording from the county attorney's office. I think that covers this county attorney. You want to say something about that? Yes, and just, uh, Commissioner Fisher, just to be uh, abundantly clear, because there is a, a reimbursement issue that we want to make sure everything is as pristine as possible. This also includes the first part of your motion regarding uh, finding uh, Earth Tech not responsible. Uh, and the reason that, uh, that we didn't include a non-responsibility finding for PACTAC is we understand that purchasing has already found them to be non-responsible. Is that correct? Okay, so uh, anyway, as long as that's part of it, then that would be a, a great motion. So that's Thank my you. motion. So we have a motion. Do we have a second? Second. Okay. Now, those in favor, vote by saying aye. Aye. Those opposed? Okay. It's uh, it passed unanimously. We move on to our next item.
Our next, our next item is uh, motion, uh, motion to discuss Broad County Board of County Commissioners parking garage. Commissioner Bogan. 58. Real quickly, I want to touch a couple things. Um, next meeting, I want to touch upon waste management um, with the Alpha 250 uh, with uh, Commissioner Furr, waste management and their announcement that they're not going to be doing any more recycling. Um, I'm going to bring something forward to the uh, commission to address recycling that. Recycling of paper products. Thank you. Only, only your toilet paper. Um, the uh, the next thing on, uh, on on here is uh, emergency shelters. I think I spoke with the county attorney, and um, on March 10th, if he cannot get a deal, as Commissioner Yadine mentioned earlier of uh, the last meeting, if we can't get a deal, hurricanes coming. If the school board will not uh, work out a deal, let's get something filed in court so the judge will determine who's responsible. And, and let you know, and, and, and so I'm hoping that will come on our next meeting. I'm, I'm not done yet. Um, on the uh, auto tag agency fees and courier services, I'm going to ask our county administrator what is the status on that? So we, um, uh, early on, we had a recommendation, um, uh, at least among staff, um, and we thought that everything was going forward. Um, the industry reached back out to um, the staff, presented some additional information that we're now um, considering. So we expect um, that we will bring a recommendation um, back to you shortly. Uh, uh, Mr. Kelleher, if you can add anything to that. I was just trying to move it along for you. Kevin Kelleher, Deputy CFO. We have a tentative agreement with the uh, private tag agencies, and we're just drafting up the uh, documents. Together. Can you just add that to the uh, uh, parking garage? Yeah, it just happened. It Great. happened between the last time we thank posted you. it. Thank you. And last but not least, uh, first of all, Bertha, thank you on the, on the courthouse. Um, are you doing machines or kiosks? Because it says here machines, not kiosks. So the, um, until the actual restoration of the work is done in that area where you, have, you are able to prepare food, it would be difficult to, I mean, you can do kiosks at that point where you can put things on a cart and move it because you have some place to prepare the food um, with the type of things that you need. Other than that, we will have, um, we'll put fresh food in the machines until such time as that work is completed. Okay, and last but not least, just so you understand, while there is a jury room, one jury room, where all these people meet, there are 22 different jury rooms where jurors deliberate on civil and criminal cases. And there isn't any microwaves for jurors to heat up a sandwich or heat up anything. And as I meant, as I, so now I understand, they're talking about where the jurors deliberate. Can we get microwaves, small microwaves, um, I was told the average microwave is 100, 125 bucks uh, for the either, it's both criminal and civil. I spoke to the chief judge this morning. There's 15 in civil and about seven in criminal. 22 jury rooms where they deliberate. Yeah, we um, um, the, the issue of a microwave in each jury room had not been brought to um, our attention. We had um, the microwaves in the big jury room, so we'll work with the courts to determine, you know, location to put microwaves. So is that okay? Uh, you know, we're, you know, in the rooms. So that way, if they want to heat up coffee or heat up a sandwich, they don't have to go downstairs or go outside or Correct. go somewhere. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that so much. 
That's it. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, Commissioner UD. Thank you. I, I was going to mention two things on the parking garage also. So to the what Commissioner Bogan had mentioned, and I, I had also met with uh, the county attorney and with Monica, on the emergency shelters for the hurricane, at some point um, we need to fish or cut bait. I don't know if it's going to court because I think at the end of the day, it almost doesn't even matter to me what a judge was to say on this because everybody thinks that the county is supposed to be doing this. We have the emergency operations center. But what I wanted, what I want to see happen at some point in the next, whenever the cutoff is, March, beginning of April, bring back an agenda item so that we can formulate what the last emergency plan is on these shelters codify it in writing, ship it to the League of Cities and ship it to the school board and say, this is what the county expects of you in the event of a major catastrophe or a major storm and let them come back and say no if that's what they want to do. But they're not providing volunteers. They're not I understand, but this is how many volunteers we expect of the city. They will provide volunteers and they do provide volunteers. The problem is they provide it after the emergency takes place. Everybody knows if you go to a city and there's a problem, they're going to come up with volunteers. They have to. It's their residents do, and they will. They just do it afterwards. I agree with what you're saying, but we should have this planned out in the beginning so it's not a Chinese fire drill afterwards, and it's something that's set out and that's codified. That's what I'd like to see. To start running around um, and doing this after the storm is not the best way to do this. So if we have the document done, this is how many volunteers we expect from City A, this is how many we expect from City B. It's in the document. Let them reject it if that's what they So I just want to comment. At the mayor's meeting that I had last year, the mayors, they're all sitting there saying, uh, I'm not sure, Beam, you were there. They're saying, we're not providing volunteers. We don't have any resources. We, you know, it's, it's the county or it's the school board or it's the county. It's not us. Look at the statute. And that's why you need a deck action, something in court. The judge will say, no school board or no county, it's you or cities, it's you. you uh, I, I'm, op I'm open to eventually at, getting there. But like, like I said, let me see a, the city say from their dais that send a resolution that they're not providing any volunteers in the event of emergency. It's different than when we have That's an... In thought. Okay, let, let me get the resolution and send it from a city that says, City A, in the event of a hurricane, our city will not be providing any emergency workers to the county. I don't think you're going to get that. It's very easy for everybody to talk about this. I think we should tell them what we want. There are some cities that are already doing it, as Correct. I understand it. Correct. Tell them what we need, tell them what we expect of them, and then come back and say, this is what we're providing, and, and, and have that document and be done with it. Somebody's got somebody's to lead on this, and somebody's got to get the ball rolling, or else we're going to have meetings on this just like we've had for the last five years, we'll have for the next five years. I just want to see something come. And at the end of the day, if that document doesn't work and we have to go get a deck action, let's go get it. But okay. I just don't want to start suing until we give them the document of what we expect from them. That was the first thing. But I'm open either way. The second thing I had on this is um, the 15th Tower. So, so on that item, okay. if I may, I've been here, this is the 10th year. I don't want us to talk lawsuit until right. it's... I mean, so what end up happening is the same taxpayers pay for it are paying on the city side and on the county side, and they're spending money to fight themselves. We we have to find a better way to get these issues resolved right. than going to court, and it, it's long drawn out. And I'm sorry, 
to the to I apologize to the lawyers about what I'm about to say, but once the lawyers get involved, guys, it takes forever. There's a whole different hey, conversation. Careful there. <laughs> there's there's a whole in my experience, but there's a whole different conversation going on. It's not as easy to resolve as if you, that's that's why we now have uh, process in place that 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 judge order for you to go out and find a resolution without having to go through the whole system. Right. Mayor, you should talk to our county administrator. They've been trying to talk for years, and she's been trying to get commitments well, for a long time, and talking has not gotten anywhere. I understand. Right? I, 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 I hear what uh, Commissioner Udini is saying, and maybe this is our last effort, so let's, let's look at it. Uh, county I, I just, administrator, do you want to say something? No. Uh, uh, as you can see in the, in the document, um, the, there's a subcommittee of the Broward City County Managers Association um, that's chaired by the city manager, David Ebert, from the city of Oakland Park, who um, is going to make one last pitch presentation to um, our colleagues um, on this issue. We would also be making that same pitch to the Broward League of Cities, and um, we'll let you know how that goes. Thank yeah. you. Um, Commissioner, I just want to, on one other thing, so the 15th cell tower in our emergency operations tower in, in um, the east side that, that have done. What's the updated status on that, the last of the towers that we're building for the emergency radio system? My understanding is there was now maybe like a week delay, but everything is moving forward? So that's the, um, the tower that's in on the western side of Hollywood. Okay. And, and yes, um, that, that it's going up as we speak. It's about a week. Um, um, I don't, Tracy, Mr. Jackson, if. Hi, good morning, Mr. Mayor, board. The Motorola reported last week that the schedule was, they call it slipping due to some construction issues. Uh, the count that I had with them informally in the room when we asked it's approximately 19 to 21 days. I do have some representatives from Motorola here if you have a detailed question, but they found that the work that they were doing, putting things in the ground, was taking longer than they told us and then they expected. And so it basically ended up being like a two-for-one thing. Okay, so, so they're gonna, this was with the drilling of some of the, the, the beams that need to go in to get the shelter part done. That's exactly right, Okay, sir. so that's gonna be delayed for two 20, weeks. Whatever it is. 20-ish days, yes, sir. Um, and that's going to, the project, though, is still set for the 30-day test sometime in the spring and then the eventual cutover. That is correct. So my team is working to try to think of ways downstream of this to try to make up those times. Okay. Is and there the Motorola any team is supposed to also, at the same time, <laughs> trying to figure out ways. They do have some weekend inspections happening, ways to try to catch us up. Okay. Is there anything that you or the Motorola team need from this board? to make sure that you stay on roughly this track. Is there anything that we should be doing differently to get you there? I haven't checked this week as to how quickly we're getting the inspection responses from Hollywood, but that's obviously a very key part of this. As long as we get the inspector out and we keep the inspections going, I, I think that that would be the that's extent of the help. If that's necessary, I'd communicate that uh, through our county ministry. Well, but that's not us, that's somebody else. And then the last thing is, all the fleet maps now, you have that data that you need that's being programmed? It's, 
All the fleet maps are being worked on. I'm happy okay. to report we did see the law enforcement fleet maps, and there's ongoing meetings addressing that, and okay. we are working actively to what we call the cutover plan. Okay. So we've come up with that. We presented, we're going to present something to Motorola. We think it's a way to accelerate us to get us there even faster. And in English, all of that's a good thing? It's all a good thing. Okay. All right. That's all I have. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Commissioner Farr. Just on that same issue, I agree with Commissioner Udine with the shelters. I do think it's, there's a need for clarity here. I think we need to, to let everyone know what is needed at every shelter. How many people are needed at every shelter? How many we expect to be able to put there? How many, you know, because then people can start to fill in numbers. But without that, they're not, I don't think everybody knows what to, you know, we know that city, some cities provide policemen and all those things. Well, that, that, that should be counting as volunteers. But we need, they need clarity, we need clarity for every single shelter and know how many are expected. And then the school board, plug in, how many, how many school board is going to be here? And, and hold them to that. And then, that way, you know, we know every single one what, what is needed. That's what I'd like to see. And then we know where we're going. But I know, you know, we've been kind of floating numbers around and that's, <coughs> I don't think that's helpful. I think we need to be, and I know it's not that easy, but it's, the specificity will help, will help drive this thing because people, then people know exactly what is expected. I think, just um, if I might, uh, the, the issue hasn't been so much that we don't know what, how many people we need. It's just that when we engage in the conversation, many of the municipalities, um, when we started to talk about, so what's, what would be a good way to allocate? Um, is it based on uh, population? Um, is it based on the total number of staff at each municipality have? There was a lot of, there was some debate about, well, we contract all our service, so we don't actually have bodies. So there, the conversation is taking place. We have those numbers and we can do that. And, and ultimately, um, I'll be reporting back to the board just where, um, where we are, but we could definitely give a number okay. um, based on the, our total needs, but how that gets allocated city by city, we were trying to get, reach some consensus it's, uh, amongst the cities as to what would be a fair way to do that, and it may end up being just per capita in the but, end. But I think it's both, because I heard frustration in, in numbers all over the place. That's what I heard. And because they didn't know how many were needed, you know, per shelter, per city, there was there wasn't there wasn't the um, specificity that really would help drive yeah. this. Yeah, so. we have we know the numbers per shelter. What okay. we didn't have, and they're correct, is how many per city, and right. that's really based on. So how are you going to allocate? How are you going to allocate by city um, your contribution? So right. if, if we get to a place where it's per capita, then that would be an easy one. I mean, part of it requires from the school board giving them giving us a number as well. Well, that's true. Because then, then we can kind of put in the numbers. We sort of allocated them a number. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. Um, with regard to the Alpha 250, real quick, um, there is a meeting on March 16th. Uh, we are trying to come up with a decision by the working group that has all of the cities represented by, eight, by the middle of April to decide whether or not we do a dependent district, an independent district, or an ILA. That is something we probably need to have a discussion on where we want to land on this. Um, you know, and, and it's, going to be, it's going to be a kind of a, a vote on everybody, but uh, with all the cities and everything, but there are, there are ramifications for each one of those. And I don't know when is the best time to, to have that discussion, 
but before we vote on this in April, I would suggest that we have a discussion <clears throat> on this. That's all. Okay, uh, Commissioner Fisher. Um, Ms. Henry, were you able to have a, a successful meeting with the uh, Broward uh, Sheriff's Office Fire Rescue? I know that was yesterday. Was that successful? Uh, on the on the, the, the Broward Municipal Services yeah. District, yeah. Um, I'm advised by the budget staff that we're very close. We were way apart. We're kind of, we're, we're getting there. Beautiful. We'll soon be there. Thank you so Thank much you. for your efforts. Okay, uh, item 61, uh, Commissioner Furr. Uh, Thank you. Creation of a possible and, and possible distribution of a student volunteer brochure okay. for Broward County High School students. Hopefully, everybody has one of these. And and I I could have just dropped these off in your offices, but um, I wasn't sure where the Sunshine Law would came in on this. Um, what you know, I, uh, Commissioner Sharif and I were just a career day at Flanagan High School, and when you're there, you realize that most of the students do not know all the different things the county does. They had their clues. And as a teacher, I knew that, you know, there's almost 70,000 kids every year looking for volunteer opportunities. Every kid from ninth grade to 12th has to do community service. But they don't know where to go look. So what I thought would be good on our, on our behalf is to create for one of these that showed all the volunteer um, opportunities in the county um, these, these can be, you know, if you, you can change things on one, page one, two, and three and quickly make it your own. I am going to be distri distributing these in three high schools in my district, um, MacArthur, South Broward, and Hollywood Hills. Each one of us has three or four high schools in our district, if you want to do that. One of the main reasons, I one of the main emphases of this was we have been trying to, and we've heard the numbers of those vol volunteering at the animal shelter. We know there's a need for that. Kids love doing that, doing the, you know, taking uh, the, the animals home, being a foster parent for them until they find one. This, these are, this is a place where we can kind of leverage many opportunities. You know, our libraries can use it, our parks can use it, public works can use it, all of these. And you've got every every kid has to do 120 hours. You can do the math. That's an enormous amount of. Uh, kid power, uh, that's at our that's at our uh, uh, beck and call if we do it. So anyway, put it together. You know the idea is, uh, if anybody else wanted to use it, use it, do whatever you want to do with it. Um, I do want to thank my staff who helped put it together. They did a great job on it. Uh, Frank, mm -hmm. good job, Frank, um, and Rick Barrick, and Rick Barrick who and and his staff who helped put it all together. Our contact with the school board is uh, Jennifer Hamilton. Every school has a volunteer coordinator that these can run through. Uh, we are going to be bringing each school a thousand, uh, a thousand copies to be able to, to, to distribute. And um, that's basically it. I just wanted to keep you in the know on it. That's all. Mayor. Uh, uh, we have a, a queue. Commissioner Rich followed Thank by you. Commissioner Bogan followed by Commissioner Sharif. Thank you. Um, first, I want to say congratulations. This is wonderful, um, uh, and I'm sure we're all going to use it in uh, various ways. Um, I just wanted to say that I think particularly the animal shelter issue is, is so important. Um, my daughter, as a school board member, has met with uh, the uh, uh, director 
and uh, they're looking at uh, the possibility of even creating clubs, like right. other things, like debate and all these others, uh, because there are so many young people who want to foster and and or adopt, right. and then and volunteer there. So this is great, and to have it on the cover is perfect. So yeah. congratulations. Thanks. Commissioner mm -hmm. uh, uh, Bogan. Yeah. First of all, compliment you on this. This is really great, and your Thank staff. You. Uh, the only thing, the back page, on the application. It doesn't say where the person, student's supposed to turn it into. Uh, Did I miss that? Handed, they have to turn it into their own school guidance. So they kind of know that. Okay. They, okay. Otherwise, I mean, this is incredible. We're going we're gonna to definitely plagiarize copy and that's the, the idea. plagiarize any trademark <laughs> or copyright. Steal it. Steal it. Photo on your uh, right. <laughs> we'll make sure okay. that we have some, like, I'll have the photo with the dog yeah. Yeah, on there. Yes. It's great. No, being really nice. Yeah. Good job. Commissioner Sharif. Just wanted to say um, it was such an awesome job when I picked it up and I read it looking at it front to back, and I clicked right away with what you were doing because of the fact that we were there together. Right. And um, we had to answer so many questions about what we did right. as county commissioners. And so I think that this is spot on. It's right on the money. I'm going to use it. Um, I might put my picture there. Yeah, I think you should. That's, but yeah, I'm going to use it. I'll, I'll so. sell you the rights okay. to put your picture on my district. All right. I don't know if that's good for me. They might not elect me. Great. Commissioner Fisher. Oh, no. Association. Commissioner Fur, I got to tell you, when I saw this, it's fantastic. And I know everybody said that, but really it is fantastic. And, and can't wait to utilize it in my district as well. So kudos to your entire team. And really is just a a great piece that tells a story so thank you just work with rick barrick and he can change all the things to your you know to your district superb job okay. uh, we, we i guess we, we're gonna get done before 12 30 today right Good. <laughs> so so if if i may i guess we go to uh Mayor's report and so we have Fitzy set for this year. The date is the 13th and 14th at the BB&T Center. October, right. because it's locked in my head for October. Right? <laughs> I know it's so it's the 13th and 14th of October. And I ha I'm going to give you just a couple of, of, of sampling of what we've been able to accomplish as a result of FITSI. It is a large fashion inc incubator tied to New York Fashion Week, Dana Karen and Louis Vuitton, looking to expand to Brock County to spark growth for new fashion industry. Would you think that? I mean, we, we say it's, a, it's an international trade and cultural expo, but we're seeing results from within the country. In fact, uh, this past week, I met with an engineering firm uh, that is located in Colorado, and they're looking to move to Broward County. And, and the connection went through Belize. Someone from Belize actually knew someone in Colorado who told them about what we're doing in Broward County to connect to Latin America and the Caribbean especially, and they saw benefits to being lo to locating here. Uh, they're actually looking forward to do some work within the Caribbean, the Dominican Republic in particular. And it so happened that the first former president of uh, Latin America or the Caribbean that came to FITSI in her first year 
was Loinel Fernandez, <coughs> former president of the Dominican Republic. So we're creating a, a serious amount of synergy there. We have a coffee com company from Colombia uh, uh, and an avocado company from Mexico looking to ship and you, uh, use or port and warehouse goods for transport shipment through Broward County. Uh, we have come in shortly, and I met yesterday with uh, some folks from Italy. Uh, there's an Italian aerospace aviation and hospital buyers delegation looking to visit Broward County uh, in the next uh, couple of months. And they're responsible for really buying a lot of the uh, pharmaceuticals uh, for Ital Italian has has hospitals. Two manufacturers from Canada looking to relocate to Broward County. Uh, Home Italia luxury magazine from Italy looking to open North American headquarters in Broward County. Travel company awarded contracts to plan travel bookings for large groups from Kenya looking to do Caribbean cruises. There's a Broward County water and wastewater management company that was awarded a contract in Guyana for 350000 as a result of, of FITSI. Uh, digital and engineering procurement company focused on renewable energy from Colorado. Uh, that's the one I mentioned. They're looking to, to, to relocate here. So there's, there's a lot of good things going on there with, uh, with FITSI. And, and that led to the trade mission to Ghana also. And some of the success that we've already, we've already seen from this trade mission to Ghana, Mawona Atlantic Export met five potential clients for construction materials, including developers and infrastructure of roads contractors. And as a result of our assistance, they received orders from three potential buyers amounting to 70,000 on this trip that we just went on. Ankara Fashion met three potential clients in the fashion industry, including exporting and hosting their fashion week here. Pilgrim Group met four potential clients to develop projects in Ghana and establish a sister partnership with their jazz lounge, uh, and they're actually planning to go back uh, to Ghana and, and may Green Sustainable Strong, uh, they met with developer who, their company is forming an entity in order to, with another entity there, to consult with the Ghanaian government. They made another important connection in Agogo which, by the way, is a sister city to the city of Fort Lauderdale, to partner to create Agricultural Research Institute. They've already had a follow-up call with the leadership team in Agogo regarding potential agricultural projects. And they're planning to return in April. Aquatic Solutions found two potential clients to offer water, wastewater, solid waste management, including the Kotab, Kotoko, to, Kotoka, International Airport in Accra. Miami Trading got a contract to supply and export minerals amounting to 20,000 metric tons every two weeks and 6,000 metric tons to Sierra Leone every 90 days. Travel to do good, they are introducing a new travel package tailored to bring Americans to Ghana. They went with us on the trip. Brickle Capital Financial Consulting and Medas USA, who did the Gold Key program. And, and I, I want to talk a little bit about the Gold Key program here because our business ought to know about this. If you're a business in the United States and you're looking to export goods or service with at least 51% U.S. content for a little less than $1,000, 
you're able to get support from uh, the U.S. Commerce Department through our embassy uh, to set appointments with companies that you might want to see there, and they'll help you accompany you and, and, and set up these appointments. It's an excellent tool for us to utilize, for our businesses to utilize. The city of Miramar met business looking to invest or locate to Miramar and will seek sister partnership with Ghana. Uh, and for, for us, I met with the Minister of Business Development in Ghana, and he has agreed to attend FITSI this year with a delegation of businesses and uh, elected officials from Agogo, or sister city in, uh, in Ghana. The sister city uh, with Agogo was supported by Citrix and uh, their access to revitalize their computer center that Citrix put in for them. So we'll be reaching out uh, to Citrix on that. And now, back home. Destination Sistrunk, the new hub for discovering black culture and heritage in Broward County, will have a free welcome center, ribbon cut and celebration on Thursday, February 27th from 4 to 7 p.m. The Destination Sistrunk Welcome Center is located at Midtown Commerce Center Building, 1033 Sistrunk Boulevard uh, in Fort Laurel. The new Destination Sistrunk Welcome Center will redefine the relationship between arts, culture, heritage, community, and tourism to this historic area in Broward County. And that's an effort to bring tourism beyond the beaches to the rest of Broward County. Also on Thursday, February 27, the NAACP <coughs> branch will host an evening with black judges, 6.30 to 9 p.m. at Mount Hermon AME Church. It's something they do on an annual basis for Black History Month. On Saturday, I'll be traveling with the Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance for their biannual leadership trip to Charlotte, North Carolina, to study their best practices and to share with them what we're doing. Previously, uh, the group went to Austin, Texas, Nashville, and there, there are a tremendous amount of opportunity for us to learn. And finally, the census is almost here. Next month, households will begin receiving official census bureau mail with detailed info on how to respond. You can respond online, you can respond on mail, or if you don't, they'll knock on your door or ask your neighbors about you. So please, it is important to us in Broward County that you answer the census. It means tremendous amount of money coming into our community to help with our schools, with our parks, with our libraries, with a whole lot of different things. It's money we sent to Washington, D.C. that we need to bring back home. And it doesn't matter your status here, uh, whether you, you have uh, legal status or not, you ought to answer it because you're a resident of Broward County. And also, babies count. So if, if, if someone is in the house is breathing, even if they're one day old, they count also. So ensure we fill, them out, fill, uh, fill those forms out and make sure we get the monies that we deserve. Thank you. Uh, we'll start with Commissioner Furr. Okay. Um, I've got a number of things, actually. Um, having to do with the uh, garbage, I think we all saw the newspaper, and we saw the need. We, we've got a lot of people all upset about the recycling right now, especially, I think, 13 cities in particular. But more important, people in general, they feel like they've been a little duped. You know, like, the, you know, they've been pushing for all this kind of recycling, and now they're, it's not happening. Um, I do think that we're, we're close to coming up with some... Um, uh, 
comprehensive ideas and ways to go about it. Um, but the things that we used to do are with the educational awareness on all those things, on, on what to recycle and what not to recycle, because we haven't been doing it, people do have, are clueless as what to put in those blue bins. They, and that is why, that's one of the reasons why waste man, management is saying it's all contaminated. So I don't know where we may want to try to keep going with the edu educational awareness campaign, but it's needed. Uh, and those cities need it, uh, recognize the need for it, waste management recognizes it. And even after we are able to put together, and I hope we're able to put together a, a comprehensive system, we are going to need to make it clear how to do it right. So I think, I don't know if our, if our solid waste division can start to look at that, at a better way to advertise that or make people aware, but it is, it's necessary. Because right now everybody's putting everything in those blue bins. Let me, let me finish on this. Oh, I was gonna ask you, okay. do, do, do you know about those cards? They mail one to my house, the card that you put up next to the bin, and it has what you have to do before you put it in the blue bin. We stuck it to the wall. They sent those out like a couple years ago, like on an ad campaign. Maybe they could do that again. And it's probably time to do it again because yeah. they're good. There's a you lot know of, what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, they need. It actually needs to be on the. You know, so people know it when they open the bin. Yeah, I was thinking maybe they could stick them to the bin, or right. maybe you could stick it to the bin in your house. Right. Like all, all those things. All yeah. those. You know, places like uh, Port Saint Port Saint Lucie. We have about a 40% contamination rate. They have about a 10%. Why? They're on the radio every day. They're sending stuff in every water bill. They're, they're making everybody know on a daily basis, here's how you do it. And we're, and we're not doing that, and we should be. Um, but hopefully we'll, we'll get up to that. Um, this last week I also was my first meeting um, as, a, as a Broward designee from the MPO for the Southeast Florida Transportation Council for SEFTEC. What I, what I saw there was there's a little bit of a disconnect. Um, they, you know, they, they have the, Miami-Dade has their smart plan where they're planning on doing uh, light rail and all those kind of things. We are about to kind of unveil ours, but they're not connecting at the same place. We need to be, we need to be on, we need to be thinking in terms of Region. how all three counties are working together. Mm -hmm. and, and we need to be talking with all three counties. There's, you know, because we, we, we're not going to be connecting east-west, otherwise you're in the Everglades. We're, all of ours are north-south in terms of regional connection. There's separate money for that, CIS money, and I don't know what CIS stands for, but that's extra money when you cross county lines. Um, we, the, SEFTEC, prior to me being there, passed a, a regional connection on US 27 and University Boulevard so that it's eligible for particular money. But I don't think that's where we're thinking in terms of light rail. We need to be getting, we need to know how we're doing this and where we're going. So that's, uh, I also asked, I, I brought this up at this meeting. I said, let's try to get on the same page on this. Also to try to get us so that we're doing interoperability so that if you buy a, a pass in Palm Beach, it works all the way down. And I think we're close to that. Yes. Um, I think uh, one of the counties is a little behind us. But um, another uh, issue, uh, we are the leaseholders on, uh, at, uh, at ArtServe. And I went over there and did a did a, a walkthrough the other day. Their dance studio, all of their floors have buckled. The dancers can't dance there. We need, you know, I don't know what our responsibility is there in terms of maintenance, but they literally have black tape on the floor that's buckled up. It's dangerous for the for everybody who's using that. 
we need to take a look at that. There's a number of things to be looking at, but that needs to be taken care of uh, fairly quickly. And then lastly, um, uh, there's a project going in Hollywood that's the, uh, at the Sunset Golf Course. And they are, we, our division, our, our environmental division allowed for a pilot project to go on there where they were bringing in, uh, it's an old golf course, the city was considering buying it, but a private owner owns it. Um, there, as with every golf course, there's arsenic and, and, and poisons that are in the ground. They were allowed to do a pilot project on one third of it. They're violating that incredibly. They're, they're going way beyond one third. They're bringing in all kinds of fill. And it looks like we don't have enforcement. There's nobody who can tell them, you can't do this. Because it was supposed to be just a, a, you know, a way to, to see if you could mitigate it, mitigate the arsenic by mixing it in. Now they've covered this whole thing with um, huge amounts of landfill, of calcium carbonate coming from the water treatment plant, and no one's being able to stop it. And I don't know why there's no enforcement. We're, we're being told that the county doesn't have enforcement on it, that the city has it, but I want us to look at that because I drive by that every day. The, land, the, the fill is just almost covering the whole place. All the trees are gone. It's ridiculous. So it's a, it's a, it's a mess out there. Um, so I guess I want to know what, what can we do? what should be done, and if you can get back to me on that, it'd be great. And that's all I've got. Thank you for your update. Uh, Commissioner Rich. Just a couple of things. I want to uh, just mention that uh, last Friday, uh, Commissioner Sharif and I had the privilege of participating in a uh, uh, panel, uh, Women in Leadership at Florida Atlantic University. And uh, it was actually wonderful. A lot of young people very excited about opportunities, things that, uh, that they can do. They're, act, they're, they're wanting to be active citizens, advocates. Uh, and uh, it, was, it was very nice. We had, a, we had a chance to chat with them after the presentations. And uh, so it was nice because it's up in, in Boca, but they had a, a plenty of people from Broward County there. As we know, a lot of people from Broward go to FAU, so um, I think she joins me in uh, recognizing the success uh, of, uh, of FIU's uh, women's and women and gender studies program. Um, I want to just uh, mention um, about the census. Uh, the mayor already mentioned, but the U.S. Census ads, the ones that are paid for by the federal government, has started last Monday. Uh, they're actually pretty good. Uh, maybe you've seen some of them. And they are, they were on during the debate and some other, you know, <laughs> uh, highly watched uh, programs and uh, did get some calls. They, their ads uh, do not cover what we call niche markets uh, like Haitian radio or, um, you know, some of the African-American stations or Hispanic stations uh, that are really targeted to specific populations. Uh, these go more on uh, CBS, ABC, NBC, CNN. Uh, so I, we are working very hard with the, um, with the business community. We had a luncheon uh, where we had a, a number of business leaders come, and uh, uh, Steve Marcus from the um, uh, Health Foundation of South Florida has uh, offered a $50,000 match for uh, monies that would go for advertising and promotion uh, of the census, and it would be more towards those niche markets, and we're working on that right now. There are the Alliance and the workshop have, uh, some of their members are stepping up. 
Um, and uh, I think that would, you know, will be very helpful. But um, as was mentioned, um, every, each of us uh, from now until, you know, pretty much the end of, of April, um, really need to be mentioning it everywhere we go because we have a very difficult community, lots of barriers between our seniors who don't use, 56% of them don't use the internet. Um, we have tr done a lot of training with social workers and case managers going, that, who go into the homes and we'll be able to, once those cards come out between March 12th and March 20th, uh, they will be able to go into the home and help fill those out. They'll have ID numbers on them and they'll, they usually come in with their iPads so they'll be able to, to, to help us with that. But uh, the uh, five and below population is, is the, um, the hardest to enumerate. The highest that we have uh, in undercount is in that area. Uh, the Early Learning Coalition is, gonna, is extremely helpful. Uh, group, several of us are going on Beacon TV this week to, um, to talk about the hard to enumerate populations. Um, uh, and um, so just uh, you know, keep talking about it and I think we're gonna have a really successful uh, successful count. Lastly, I want to mention that the um, Florida Children's First uh, had their annual event um, last Thursday night, and um, it, was, it was just packed, uh, which is wonderful because they focus on foster care children and children aging out of the foster care system. And I have to tell you, um, some of you may remember, uh, staff in particular, we had a young woman here who, uh, Kenesha, who worked as an intern with the HIP program, homeless intervention, uh, I think it was the last year. Um, she was there and presented, and she has written a, a new book, a memoir, uh, entitled Ward of the State, with a red line through it. The book, it's amazing. Uh, there are like eight chapters that deal with uh, eight different foster homes that she lived in uh, throughout her you know, throughout her, um, uh, her, well, if you want to call it a childhood. It is amazing that she has survived that. She graduated from um, uh, uh, FSU. She has an administrative, uh, also a, a master's in addition to an, under, uh, to an undergraduate degree, um, and giving back, working in uh, social services. Uh, quite, quite, quite remarkable, and um, it just, it just, you know, made all the work that we do in our community, and uh, you know, with all of our nonprofits on behalf of these kids. It just shows you how it can pay off. And one of the words that was used on the jacket of the book is that the memoir shows how she became, she went from victim to victor. And that's exactly what she did. It's just really remarkable. So I congratulate Florida's Children First for all the work that they're doing on behalf of these young people. Thank you. Commissioner Ryan. We've had a lot of uh, discussion in the last week, and uh, actually it's been going on for some months with regard to uh, the very um, quick and widespread expansion of the uh, coronavirus um, primarily in Asia, but now into Africa, Europe, and um, um, into the United States. So um, there's been um, some discussion at the state level about a, um, an incident management plan, um, and we don't have um, any confirmed cases in the state of Florida at this time. 
but um, it's important that we really do get ahead of this issue because the coronavirus is a highly contagious uh, form of virus. So I had spoke with the county manager and I know that she's in contact with uh, state health officials. So um, uh, I'd like for you to comment briefly on, on what we're looking at. I do know that when the first confirmed case was detected in the state of Washington, they um, set up a, um, a plan of action where the one person who was confirmed to have the virus uh, was kind of like, they, they did like a walk back to see how many people had been in contact with this person um, after the symptoms had emerged. And um, although the, the virus can be contracted before the symptoms manifest themselves, um, supposedly uh, it's not transmittable, but then after it's easily transmittable, uh, by something that you touch or somebody breathes on you or coughs on you. Um, so what they were doing in the state of Washington, and I think you can only do this really when you have low numbers, is try to voluntarily quarantine everybody that had been in contact with the person who currently has uh, contracted the virus. Uh, so let me uh, defer to the county manager and if you can speak very briefly on what you're doing, coordinating with uh, state health officials to be proactive and ahead of this incident, you know, before, or this disease before we start seeing cases, if we do see cases in Broward County. So, um, thank you, Commissioner Ryan. Um, we spend a lot of time um, with the health district on a number of issues. It's part of our comprehensive emergency management plan. Um, the, we exercise a number of issues on, a, on an ongoing basis. Specifically on this one, though, I just is for the benefit of the community. Um, the, if there were to be an incident in Broward, the Department of Health, uh, under the guidance of this, the state of Florida Surgeon General, would be, would be lead. But immediately, the county's emergency operations center is activated, and they have... Um, they have this protocol, and the reality is in Broward County, it would have to be quarantine at home. There's, um, she and I had lots of conversation about um, a county this size, but there's really no facility that, whether it's this county or any county, that she could, we, either one of us can speak to, that, that you have where you can actually take a, 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 a huge population of, of individuals and quarantine them. Uh, she's in constant communications with um, the um, hospital districts. I have, I know I've personally spoken to both North Broward and, and, um, and Memorial and, and they're, they're going through their, their infectious disease protocol on an ongoing basis. So there's a lot of communication that's, that's occurring. Um, there's email blasts. Uh, from the health district because people would, may first present at their doctor's office. So they're trying to make sure that every DOMD um, in the, um, the Tri-County region in particular, but in Broward specifically, that they know what, um, what the protocols are. And quarantine is it. Um, and the county's role specifically would be if you have individuals that we make a you know, a pronouncement that we're quarantining people, we would need to make sure that we get resources to those individuals like food, water, things that they would need to sustain themselves until the quarantine period is up. But um, there's definitely a lot of, this has got everybody's attention and um, 
and hopefully it won't make its um, way here, but if, if it does, just know that for our area, in the South Florida in particular, it would be quarantined and it would be pretty much in place at home. Well, I'm encouraged by your, your comments on the uh, quarantine issue because I do think that's the, um, the, the best path to follow. Uh, and if we can set aside you know, some limited resources now and to, to be able to help enact that, and then perhaps we would have to look for reimbursement to the state or the federal government later on. But um, the more we can contain it, if we do see any incidents in Broward County with this quarantine, and as you said, you know, assisting people, they can't be trapped in their home without, you know, without food and, and medicine and, and toiletries and things that would have to be brought to them. And uh, especially in light of the very, very large elderly population that we have in Broward County, uh, we want to, as, as much as possible, try to stay ahead of this. And, um, you know, because those who are, have a weakened immune system or elderly are, you know, most susceptible to, um, you know, to being fatalities over, over this virus. Thank you. Commissioner Bogan. I have nothing to add today. Commissioner Udine. Thank you. I'll try and be brief. Um, a couple things since the last meeting that I think it's important to mention. I had a chance, I know some, some others were there, to attend the Greater Fort Lauderdale Convention and Vid Visitors Bureau 20, day, 20 year strategic plan rollout or the event that they did the other day at the convention center. It was awesome. It was very well done. There's so many cool things happening in Broward. Um, and the rollout of that was, I, I mean, I was a municipal mayor for 10 years. I didn't even really know that that division existed in Broward County while I was a mayor. And now all the 31 cities have buy-in. We got the NHL All-Star Game coming. They have, I know they changed the names on some of these things, but Lauderdale Underground is, I mean, it was, the vibe there was kind of South Beach, Miami meets a welcoming, inclusive Broward, and I think it was a total winner, and I wanted to recognize that. Uh, so good job on everybody that took care of that. That was very cool. Um, quite a few new business openings in Northwest Broward. I was at the uh, Decimal Engineering. Uh, they were a retained business that was worked on by the uh, Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance. Um, and they are, they saved a lot of jobs here. They're doing hardcore heavy metal manufacturing in the Coral Springs Industrial Park. And if you drive by there, there's a lot of new buildings that are coming up there and they're putting people in there. Had a chance to meet over the last couple days with Kelly Smallridge, I spoke with her. She is the Bob Swindell equivalent of Palm Beach County. They're working together with us um, they're bringing companies in, and, and she told me that they that one of the ways they benefit is Fort Lauderdale's doing such a good job. We're, we don't have the space, so they're taking a lot of our corporate headquarter types that, that would like to be in Fort Lauderdale area for the, Broward for the location, but, but are going that way. Thank you to everybody from the county for all the help that they gave Northwest Broward on February 14th. It was a two-year anniversary. Thank you to the mayor for coming out to the uh, the there were a lot of things throughout the day, the night before and the day of. The mayor came out, uh, the evening remembrance ceremony, which was very well attended, and I received a call from a lot of the families. I know you met a lot of them personally when you were out there. Non-political, it was just uh, some of the clergy coalition of Northwest Broward, and uh, it was very well done. And thank you to everybody from the county that helped out on that, because I know there was a lot going on throughout the county.
Um, lastly, I will have the honor to represent Broward County and the state of Florida as I lay a wreath uh, Sunday morning at the tomb of the unknown soldier at Arlington National Cemetery. I'll be there for the Florida Association of Counties and the National Association of Counties. And they, I must have drawn the long straw, so they asked me to come represent uh, at, at the, at the uh, cemetery. So I look forward to doing that on behalf of Broward County. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Sharif. I'm getting used to being last now. <laughs> no, he's not going. We're not last. <laughs> okay, we're only forgotten. Um, so on Tuesday, February the 18th, I held a District 8 town hall meeting in the city of Pembroke Pines. And Thursday on February the 20th, we held an additional meeting in the city of Miramar. Um, it was um, based on the fact that we got so many uh, emails and con calls regarding our transportation surtax and the road congestion because we're doing traffic improvement projects in these di in our district. And it was so well attended um, that we plan on doing it again to see if we can get to more people and try to get everybody on the same page with understanding that they too are part of our going forward with the surtax and that they have input. Because I don't think people really understand that after they voted that they can actually go on the website and suggest projects in their area and their cities can actually take up those projects and present them in a more, you know, in a very professional way to get them approved. But, um, so we were doing that and I think it, it worked out pretty good. Uh, I had a, the pleasure of assisting the Office of Economic and Small Business Development in the doing business with Bangladesh, which was held in the city of Miramar. Um, it was very well attended. And, um, on Thursday, I ended up at career day again. <laughs> this time was Glades Middle School. I was missing you, my fearless uh, counterpart there, Mr. Fur. And um, it was great to see how the kids are really becoming more engaged in um, what we do in terms of political office. And um, so that was, that was great. And then I had a privilege of sitting on the FAU's fifth annual Women's Leadership Institute panel with Senate Commission Rich. And um, it was an awesome event. And it, what I thought was so tremendous about it was that we had the opportunity to engage future leaders of Broward County, uh, Palm Beach County. And that campus, that FAU campus in Boca is amazing just simply amazing if you haven't been there you should take an opportunity to walk that campus because it has grown so much from what it used to be i was i was just in awe i mean you just got to see it to believe it um and other than that uh i attended the world aids museum on friday um where i met the cast of drew and diego say i do and they presented the world aids museum with a check for $2,053 from funds raised during their show run. And I thought that was beautiful because the World AIDS Museum needs more support. And um, let, as I always give a nice pitch for them, it'd be great to send some of your excess funds from your office to the World AIDS Museum in Broward County, located in the beautiful city of Wilton Manors. Thank you. Commissioner Fisher. Uh, County Administrator. Very briefly, just want to hey, remind everybody. I'm, I'm sorry, oh, uh, Vice sorry. Mayor, Vice Mayor Bogan. Yeah. 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 So, Vice yeah. Mayor, uh, Vice Mayor Gala, 
apologize. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I'm much better looking than uh, Bogan. You'd be able to tell us apart. Um, uh, the um, Tallahassee, uh, it's not quite as bad as we have been afraid, but that's only because they're not meeting as much. Um, for example, they didn't meet on Monday and they're not meeting on Friday. So hopefully there will be less bills passed because most of what they're doing up here is designed to go after local government. A um, couple of bills I just wanted to mention. Uh, you've got, uh, I think you all are familiar with many of these. Um, Senate Bill 1258 could have a huge impact on our airports. Um, the genesis of this is some state county politicians got into a fight with each other and they figured the best way to resolve this fight was to pass a statewide law pertaining to large commercial airports, which would include Fort Lauderdale International Hollywood, Fort Lauderdale International, Fort Lauderdale Hollywood National Airport. So um, unfortunately that bill is still moving. It's been made better, but we hope to ultimately kill that bill completely because it could have an adverse impact on our, um, on Fort Lauderdale International. Uh, Senate Bill 1336 is another important bill, um, which would, this one is not working. Senate Bill 1336 is another bill which would be preemption of local government licensing, which would be horrible for us. Uh, again, fortunately, that bill has not, um, that bill looks like it will be dead. Um, there's a bill dealing with vacation rent rentals. I think most of you are familiar with this one, uh, Senate Bill 1128. Um, the, uh, that bill has been moving again because Tallahassee's opinion is that we should preempt everything um, from local government would preempt regulation of vacation rentals. Yesterday, Governor DeSantis came out and said that he thinks that he's opposed to that. So, you know, hopefully that bill will not pass because otherwise it's been looking forward. It looks been looking like it would pass. Um, there's a bill they're trying now. I know that you're not going to believe this, but actually you will because we're familiar with what the state does now. Um, to deregulate 98 professions, including basically most of medicine, because after all, um, why should you need a dentist, a degree in dentistry to, you know, do dental work? Um, the uh, House is trying to deregulate, again, 98 uh, professions. In the Senate, the bill would not have gotten out of committee without a commitment to deregulate, um, to strip the health care component out of it. But there's still, in my opinion, a lot of bad things. You're still deregulating you know, cosmetology, hair, um, Commissioner Fisher, you may be aware that they're mostly deregulating auctioneering because after all, you guys never have any property or money in your um, possession, do you? You're correct. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. Uh, in reference to affordable, oh, by the way, Senator Book yesterday, uh, you may have seen, passed a 
bill requiring panic buttons in classrooms, which I think will be very good. Um, and the last thing is in reference to affordable housing, they have pushed everything off on the budget until at the earliest next week. So they, there's still hundreds of millions of dollars apart on the budget. And until they figure out how much the budget will be, they're not getting into where it's going to go. So we're having a fun time. Wish you all were here. That's all. County Administrator. So we're launching a new catalog and customer accounts uh, system for the libraries. In addition to that, uh, a new library mobile app. So just um, be on the lookout and we will be doing a formal launch on that. And then lastly, just remind everybody that the annual Renaissance uh, Festival in Quiet Waters Park is underway and it'll be uh, through March 22nd and we invite family-friendly activities people to come out and partake of those family-friendly activities. Thank you. County Attorney. No, thanks, Co County Auditor. No, thanks, oh, okay. Well, we, we have uh, six minutes. We are adjourned. <laughs> Da da da.